welcome to Al and Frank trying to be serious. This is my first take today of this. I haven't been scolded by Al for being too much like a funeral director earlier. <laughs> uh, to our wonderful listeners, what Frank is referring to is I may or may not have said uh, that a podcast that you guys will never hear uh, because of a technical issue Frank started off the way you would if you had to gather a family in the room and give them bad news. <laughs> so, so now uh, the entire rest <laughs> of the show, I'm going to be giving you stats and details in a fantastic broadcaster voice from probably about 1962. Do you think those guys really talked like that, or is everybody just kind of had an affected voice back then? Because you hear old ads from the 60s and 50s. It's like no one talks like that. Yeah, and there's like film noir and all that kind of stuff too. Right. Uh, the Jimmy Cagneys and the she. Nobody's ever yeah. talking like, man, she. That's exactly <laughs> what I'm talking about, she. Who, who have you ever met that would still have that affectation? That, uh, that what would you call that? That dialect even? A personal dialect? Yeah, it'd be personal dialect. I, I, at least I, I, seem, I, I, I matched up with a region. Like, just one. And who's the first person that, like, he was acting against and he delivered his lines like that and they just <laughs> delivered their lines back without being like cut uh, i think this guy's having a stroke how did they not laugh how uh, they... it's insanity uh so uh, just to get this started we have the sklar brothers on as a as some bonus uh, as a bonus interview later in the show we had some technical difficulties there as well so it's the sklar brothers and john holmberg it's just me interviewing them at this time um but it's a fantastic interview and another piece of the jam. There was an impression jam that we did over on the Pop Culture podcast. If you heard that and are coming to listen to this podcast, this uh, is the entire in-depth interview with the Sklar Brothers. For those of you who don't know them, they're twins, they're comedians, they're extremely funny. They're, um, they bounce off of each other like nobody I've ever seen. The It's crazy. Yeah, it's almost like they've been uh, working their comedy routine since they were kids. Yeah, they uh, got a head start. That's not fair. Right? I should have done that. It's almost like they've been honing their comedy routines since they were in the womb. <laughs> I'm going to bring that out as a character. Like some, It's just going to be a broadcaster who does color commentary during – are, I'm not going to do it. Looking at your face. No, I'm not I want going. you to. I'm so excited about this new character. Honestly, when you were talking about, I want to hear this broadcaster talk to his wife about uh, the elephant in the room, his continued erectile dysfunction. But he, but he's too embarrassed. They talk around it. So just at breakfast, they just they're they're ta- they're saying everything, but not <laughs> making weird analogies. I just uh, I you know I Margie. Just, the difficulty here is that the eggs are completely prepared and ready, but something seems a little amiss with the sausage. I, <laughs> I'm not sure what it is. It seems like it always seems. It's just maybe a little mushier than normal. <laughs> I love a a firm sausage in the morning, if you know what I'm talking about, and I wish I could have that. I... Just apologize for not being thrilled with the sausage in front of you. I know it probably disappoints you as well as those cheesy eggs are just sitting in front of me, ready to be enjoyed. And 
Maybe we'll just both enjoy some toast instead. <laughs> we'll put some things around to prop up the sausage. Yeah, possibly. Uh, maybe we'll throw some pepper on the sausage. A little extra <laughs> pepper. Maybe that'll get us going. I went to the pepper grinder the other day, and he prescribed some special <laughs> pepper for me. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's doable. I, I love I, this character. I don't know if I could have that energy the whole time. So the Sklar brothers will be at the end of this <laughs> podcast. You may have heard the impression riff. Uh, with uh, We also have John Holmberg uh, on the show. He's part of that whole thing. In-depth uh, interview with the, uh, with the Sklar brothers and John Holmberg at the end of this show. But for now, uh, we've got a couple things to talk about, Al Jackson and I do, as we try to be serious. As oh, we yeah. try to be serious. Every time I go cheesy and bad <laughs> on accident, I'm just going to bring that guy in. As we try and be serious. <laughs> I don't know where this guy's been on my life, but I, I, I don't know. I think I'm kind of falling in love. It's I'm somewhere between dude. Bob Euchre and Rod Roddy from The Prices, right? Rod Roddy. Come on down! That's another one of those voices that was in everybody's grandmother's kitchen or living room for 20 years, 30 years, probably. And also, any kid who was sick at home was listening to that voice as well, because that's the only thing that was on when we were kids was the price. The price is right. The price is right. That's how you knew you were home from school. You're exactly right. The price is right was on. And then you could hear days of our lives or bold and beautiful starting in the other room these are the days of our life. you're like man my my friends are at school i'm at home in the bed this is awesome so uh this week um did we get into the white chocolate discussion now did we do that yet or did we I, do that in I the wanna, well i mean we we talked about white chocolate and people's aversion to it did we do that before we had the technical i'm confused now as to what we, we did about we did that before we had the technical difficulty so i don't know if people heard this conversation briefly uh well they if, wouldn't if we did it in the other one they, they, i don't think that's existing anywhere that, that doesn't exist that's so just, let's uh, let's let's make it natural right now Al. Uh, all right so Frank, uh, I, will, I will hold up what i'm eating yeah, have hey, you what's ever that? seen this hey what's that you're eating what's in your hand there al it's a little white chocolate action and I didn't realize until I would offer white chocolate to people out of the goodness of my heart, Frank, only to be rebuffed and have people tell me it's disgusting. I didn't know. I, I could see how some people like, oh, I don't like I don't like almond joy or mounds. I don't like coconut that much, but I wouldn't like take it and beat whoever offered it to me to death with it. Yeah, there's no people anger do, involved. Yes, people do not like white chocolate. And I don't, I don't, what do you, what do you, Michelle, do you know my, anybody? Michelle, my wife is a lot like that. She's got, I don't, she, she has no interest in white chocolate. Um, I'm not sure why, uh, but it might be just uh, Jason Williams, the basketball player she doesn't like. Could be. Maybe. Could yeah, be that. Weird. Could be that, Al. <laughs> Calling myself on my own bad joke references. No, I, she doesn't like it. Um, I do like it. I just recently had some on some Rice Krispies that I like better than the cheaper chocolate that was on them. Maybe because when I see chocolate, I have an expectation. Uh, I'm a chocolate um, connoisseur. Are you talking about your love of black women? Uh, yeah, I am. <laughs> Listen, honey, I want to have a little talk with you about chocolate now. <laughs> I really enjoy Cadbury, but the truth is I've been off on my own. <sighs> I'm having an affair with a Mars bar, honey. <laughs> Uh, I like that the guy never, they only serious subjects, but with the most benign references, because he's still like of that era where you don't, 
disrespect your wife by speaking terribly. I want you to understand that this moment I had with Godiva <laughs> has nothing to do with the actual love of Godiva. It's just a need for Godiva, something I'm attracted to in the <sighs> hunger world. <laughs> but I want you to know I will always love your, your Reese's Pieces, honey. <laughs> uh, first of all, you know Godiva is the name of every stripper from probably 2002 to 2006. When was Godiva really big? Uh, I don't know, but you are Captain Chan Tangent today. <laughs> you are just <laughs> what? <laughs> well, sorry, I got on the. I didn't know that people hated white chocolate so much, so I, I needed to reach out to somebody, to a trusted friend, to ask. It's because... a to it's a totally different thing than I don't even know why it's called chocolate. I don't understand because it isn't the cocoa what makes chocolate chocolate. Am I confused right. in that? Yeah, yes, and this does not have any of that. So how dare they? Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I I do like it if I'm looking for chocolate. If I'm looking, you know, toward a chocolate um, dessert. But that's anything. I don't want something besides. I love chocolate cake with vanilla ice cream. That would be my favorite dessert of all time. But white He's chocolate. Four cake, years old. I, somewhere in there. <laughs> Emotionally, how old do you think you are? You're pretty mature. I think emotionally, I'm probably nineteen. Uh, I've probably always been around 40, but on <laughs> certain things, I'm about two or three though. I will just have, I hold things in and then I just have a tantrum. I just go crazy because I can't, I can't, if my kids get hurt, if I, if one of my kids has an injury, I don't know how to deal with it. I just start yelling at everybody and it's everybody else's fault that they got hurt and it, it had nothing to do with anybody else, but I don't know what to do. I just start screaming. It's just well, awful. well, we've talked about uh, your daughter's uh, pretty gruesome elbow injury. What did you did you do that or did you remain she had, calm? She, uh, I just started yelling at my wife. I just oh. started screaming, telling her what a terrible parent she was. <laughs> had nothing no. to do with anything. She wasn't there. She was going <laughs> to get water. Uh, and Juliet popped her elbow on a trampoline. Had nothing to do with anything other than bad luck. And she's got like her bones. Uh, are seem to take a long time to heal. Uh, there are that we've done a bunch of tests, and there's nothing that seems to be uh, like any kind of disease or anything like that. But for some reason, she had a foot injury that took extra long to heal, and now her elbow hasn't healed properly. She's going to have it reconstructed actually at this point. Oh my goodness! So, um, I mean, she's been dealing with this injury for over, as long as I've known you. Over a year. Yeah. It's. Oh she, yeah. It was on her birthday. Uh, it, here's the interesting thing that w we really met in person at the Bob and Tom at the radio show, uh, National Association of Broadcasters. We talked before that, but we met, uh, you know, physically, uh, sat down to dinner one night at that show in Orlando last year in, in late September. And the surgery is right before we go back and do that again, uh, in this, this September at the radio show in Dallas. So, uh, it's been it, her birthday. She broke it on her birthday. Her, bir her birthday is June 29th. We and, share a birthday, remember? Uh, say that again. She, uh, she and I share a birthday. Oh, that's right. I, I uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I, gosh, and Holmberg shares a birthday with my brother. It's, we talked about that before too. It's just crazy. So I, yeah. there's too many birthdays for me to keep track of. So I just don't even do it anymore. I just, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to give everybody white chocolate for their birthday. <laughs> now I, this is a, now this is going to be a tangent that might make you end the podcast. I've also, besides my white chocolate, regular chocolate rant. 
I've also said that Green Tabasco needs a better PR agent because most people like Green Tabasco more than red. Do you agree with that? I have a okay. So salsa, green salsa. I love green salsa, but it, it was very difficult to get into eating green salsa. I felt like he was it was either like a Ghostbusters prop. <laughs> Or should should have remained in you know inside a person's body or something yeah, like it's, that. It's not. It doesn't. It's not uh, appealing. I don't know why appealing. green is not yeah. appealing in liquid form. Green and a vegetable can look very good, uh, but mm. uh, uh, that's same with red. A red vegetable is fantastic. A red liquid is immediately blood. Interesting. Uh, it, I could see that. And colorblind people have no idea which is which. <laughs> They're just like, is this a fresh juice or is this a uh, red Kool Aid? So, do you like green salsa or green? Uh... I do. I like the green. See, now I'm kind of old school. I like the old school Tabasco. I don't know. And for anybody listening, if you have a Tabasco or any kind of hot sauce that you love, let me know. Uh, send me a screenshot. What? And I, I can. What I that is look, Frank. Every man okay, got his. I got thing. a new name for the show, Al. I got Al and Frank try to be better. <laughs> <laughs> Frank, I'm telling you, you want I green love... Tabasco screenshots? <laughs> no, just any kind of like, uh, like any any hot sauce that somebody's like, this is really good, but it's not really like mainstream. It's not Tabasco, okay. but you know, like you can go places and get really good hot sauce. I'm a just like somebody might be a wine connoisseur. I'm kind of a hot sauce connoisseur. I like okay, it. Okay, that that uh, that makes enough sense, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? No more white chocolate for you. No more. I don't know. I'm, what's... All, I'm all hopped up. I have no I hopped up on on the WC. <laughs> what's the WC? White chocolate. <laughs> white chocolate. Yeah, it has to be said really white. White chocolate. <laughs> oh, man. Frank, right. you had a busy week, man. Yeah, it's been crazy. Uh, Talk to me. I, I, obviously, uh, uh, not only are we friends, but I see you on the intranets. Uh, you did some some really cool work with the Raiders, and you told me you texted me and told me you were going to do it, and then it, it just, and it happened out. last second. It was a last second kind of thing. They uh, one of my friends at the Raiders that let me know it might happen at some point, but I never assume this stuff is going to. So I I prepped a little bit, but then at the last second, I decided I was going to sing there like they did in Hard Knocks. Yeah, uh, some of the rookies, and I didn't realize how scared I was going to be to sing in front of a group of metahumans that are <laughs> like just monstrous human beings just staring at you as I was trying to sing Lean on Me uh, as John Gruden in my face. You know, I had the face of the some times in our lives we all have pain. And it came out like some times in our And I think at the beginning they thought I was joking and then they realized how terrible I was. So it actually be an interesting little story um i think i haven't seen how you know uh by the time we air our hard knocks will have aired so we'll see how that turns out and we can recap it in the next week um if it if it turned out or if, if they even use it i never you never know if they're going to use something but we'll see how that all uh comes into play and that'll be something to talk frank about. i don't think you realize how crazy your life is you got a last second call from john you got a booty call from john gruden Who well he didn't somebody that? else called me from the club and by the club, I mean the team. But it's they said, come and do it. I, I thought they were going to, but you, like I said, you never want to assume. 
So yes, I, 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 and everybody keeps telling me that. They go, well, how great is your life that somebody's going to have you come talk to the team? I'm like, just learn to do an impression of a coach. I, I did it for, <laughs> I did it for the Cardinals uh, with Bruce Arians a couple years too, and ended up on that uh, that Amazon show for a, a few seconds. Oh yeah, um, it's it's really weird. The sports tie. I, I'm just so much bigger in the sports world as far as comedy, and it's an amazing pigeonhole, but it's also kind of helpful. And it actually leads into what I wanted to talk about, too. I went from I've been really trying to expand and we've talked about this before and not physically, which happens. But I've been (laughs) trying to expand more and just be and that's a lot of what this show is for people to get where I'm coming from as a human being, as opposed to the puppet show I've put on most of my life and or at least my entertainment life or career. And um in the last couple of weeks, I've I've gone. You know what? I just want to see if I I've still got this uh, juice, if I've still got this uh, power, and I started doing some more Gruden stuff, and all of a sudden, everything I've been doing has been ballooning and blowing up completely. My Instagram went up. You know, it's probably doubled the amount of interactions in the last week, even outside of sports stuff. Um, but mostly because of the sports things, I helped the EA Sports guys uh, do uh, promote the Madden video game. That gained me like 5,000 Instagram followers, and I didn't even work Ooh. on it on Twitter. It was just crazy types of stuff. Um, and we talked about how I'd, I'd done a bad job with Instagram uh, the last couple of years, not paid any attention to it. And I had 18 thousand followers like a few months ago and i think some of them were people that were either they were either bots or fake or something because i keep losing like a couple hundred at a time right um and that i think is from some of this old stuff that i've started using again and they're doing basically sweeps and just taking out all the all the fakes and the the non uh the the, the accounts that aren't being used anymore but my accounts have been growing like crazy in the last a couple weeks doing this Gruden stuff, especially since Hard Knocks has been on. And I made a conscious effort to start doing the Gruden thing because I was like, this is the most opportune time. This is the perfect time to go, even if it's going to pigeonhole me a little bit for a while, really get out there and have people see me a lot more than they have been for the past few years. And I've even had people on social media going, where have you been? I'm like, I've been doing stuff. You're just not paying attention. It's like when Adam Sandler does a serious movie and people are like, he was good, but I I didn't see it. Or I only, you know, I watched it, but I'm not going to tell everybody about it. Well, why not? You said he was good. Oh, he was really good. I just, I don't know. I don't feel like it. Why? So um, what's happened to me in the last week, though, uh, I, so at the end of the team meeting with the Raiders, so I kind of spoke there and I was frazzled from the singing and stuff like that. It was really an odd thing for me because I never got into the jokes that I had planned and I had a lot of them from yeah. watching Hard Knocks. But I, I, was the, I wasn't prepared for the way the room was set up because I, I didn't see it. I just got in there. It was a sea of, like I said, giant people. I had no idea who I was looking. I couldn't even find John Gruden in the room, and they're laughing. <laughs> they're laughing at me for some of the wrong reasons, but I was in Gruden character. So I, I but I, for some reason, my mind was melding with Gruden. I was like, "Wow, this is embarrassing to me." But they're thinking it's the jokes of John Gruden just being right. a dork. So, um, 
at the end of this, I just say to Gruden, I'm like, hey, can we uh, can we do a quick little video at the end uh, here? Can we just do a quick little video together? He's like, absolutely, man. I love to. So we start doing the video. It's like, hey, man. He's like, and he pops in. He's like, hey, why are you wearing my visor, man? I'm like, hey, you left it in the <laughs> you left the back seat of the car. And then he does an impression of me doing an impression of him. He's like, hey, Frank, <laughs> it's just awful. <laughs> And we both crack up, and at the beginning of the video, I should say this too, Derek Carr's just in the background kind of making a Gruden face. People think he's mad that we're messing around, <laughs> but Derek Carr's one of the people that wanted me there, and he was loving this whole thing. So this video just had everything. It had a, a photo bomb by Derek Carr in the back. It had me and Gruden, and then a crack up at the end, and it started out. I put it out the next morning, and it started going out pretty well. It, it had... 10,000 views, 12,000 views pretty quickly. And I'm like, okay, this might get, you know, 50,000 views or something like that. All of a sudden, the sports networks, the internet sports networks started picking up on it. I'm getting texts from other people. Hey, can we use this video? We'll give you credit and link to you. Yahoo was using it. Bleacher Reports using it. Everything. And it it ballooned up to like 500,000 by the middle of the day. And, oh my God. It, and there were people even doing copies of it and stuff that I probably wasn't getting any credit for as well. But I got into this whole thing of, well, I need to utilize this as much as possible. And my brain started getting fixated on social media for those two days because the Instagram stuff was blowing up. It's probably my biggest interaction day ever on Instagram. So I was just on my phone. A bold statement. All day. Yeah, but uh, my, 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 my social media could have been really good by now but as i've said before twitter got so mean and political that i I just had to get away from it because it bothered me so much and uh because like i'm fine with people's opinions but it was like everybody was so sure about themselves on twitter that i was like well you don't even want to listen to somebody else so they can't have a conversation there so it just becomes a, a shouting match Right. But my point is this. I've been engulfed in social media for three or four days, and it's all I've really cared about. All I do is check my phone constantly. And I think there's – I know there is. I know there have been studies and stuff, but I really have felt it this past week of the addictiveness of getting the likes and getting those shares and the retweets and the saves on all this stuff. And I just – I. I don't even know what to do because I know it's helping me in terms of career stuff. Well, let me ask you. It seems like you're you're intrigued and happy with it, but you, there's a sense that you're a little bit bothered by this. What's what's that about? Well, I just I just think that I, I don't want to get like that all the time. It's just kind of gross to me because all it is is hey, it's me celebrating myself and working so hard to push myself that it feels weird to me. And it's not just entertaining. It's like being P.T. Barnum for yourself. It's like getting out there and being the promoter of yourself. And a little bit of me feels kind of small time about doing it. It's not like other people were catching on to it, but I was really working hard to get people to. Uh, I was retweeting myself at different times. And <laughs> it, it, people don't realize how By the many, way, that sounds like code for masturbation. Yeah, why not? Like, hey, I retweet myself. Re- hey, honey, when you caught me retweeting myself last <laughs> night, I apologize for that. Doing a, a repost on my story. Thinking about Godiva. Yeah. So that's the weird thing. But that's other people see this as just normal everyday life, I think. Yeah. It's, it's uh, But the, the thing is. You you have a reason to be active. Obviously, when something's going viral, the, 
you do want to stay on top of it and get it out to as many sources as you can because you don't know when the next opportunity is coming. Uh, but at the same time, I think that so what you're doing is perfectly perfectly reasonable, and it almost would be negligent if you looked on your if you didn't check your Instagram for a week and you had 23 requests from Yahoo and uh, you know MSN Sports to use uh, to use a link and you didn't respond, so it didn't go out. That would be worse than you checking and staying on top of it. I think the kind of sad thing is when people are doing that and nothing's happening when they're just scrolling for no reason that's really it's 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 the 2019 equivalent of watching paint dry you're just looking at people sitting places this is us at the baseball game this is my son in his high chair this is us at a car wash it just this is the grand canyon this is a picture of cheesecake it's just like i think that's that's when i'd be like hey man you might want to check that but like you checking up on a viral video uh i i i would be disappointed if you did say this before before we get into full discussion of the sklar brothers we have a special bonus section with them they were in town we had some other technical issues once again it's just me uh doing a little bit of that but it's not only the sklar brothers from view from the cheap seats podcast uh the view from the cheap seats uh but also john holmberg who's been on with us before oh, and man. is uh yeah, and doing uh, the pop culture podcast stuff with me uh, from time to time as well. So uh, they will be on at the end after Al and I uh, get going a little bit. A lot of fun talk, some sports stuff because they do a lot of sports things. But it's their twins for people who don't know them. They showed up in the show Better Call Saul, and we get into my enviousness of that because that's one of my favorite shows. And we just go into a bunch of different things. I'm not sure how much sense it makes, but it was kind of like jazz musicians riffing possibly with a broken trumpet. And I might even have said that later, so if I killed that joke at the beginning of this, just forget you heard it. Yeah, he... You know, win and run, 91. He Dan Gladden was the Chuck, Chuck Knobloch of his time. He yeah. was kind of fast for a white guy. <laughs> Which I believe became a songwriter. Kind of fast kind for, for a, a white, white guy. guy. And, and Paul Molitor. Yeah. You know, I thought Molitor was one of the Avengers. You know, I thought Paul Molitor... You've never seen Paul Molitor and John Stockton in the same room, you know? John Stockton, oh. Paul Molitor, and Jackson Brown. Never seen never the three seen of them, them in together. the same room. Here's another one you've never seen in the same room. Uh, uh, Mike Holmgren, Andy Reid, Craig Stadler, and Wilfred Brimley could be the same, same person. Guy. And they're same all guy. trying to sell you oatmeal oh, all the time. You know it. And old and never oatmeal and diabetes. <laughs> Remember when you guys wanted to get to the podcast and start it? <laughs> yeah. Remember no, that? Oh, yeah. I, I said, let's get to the podcast. I don't get it going. Long time ago. Like, yeah, <laughs> I, dr- I drove a long way for this. Okay. All right. Let's uh, get I, was, get I got a big day. I, made, I canceled it. Uh, why isn't this the podcast? This is the podcast. Yeah. This is it. Now that there's no Garrison Keeler, this is right. You got it. This is the new Wobagon. You he had got, no idea. He touched up. He was like, whoa, and <laughs> he touched, I'm touched All right, I have no idea how this is going to fit into the Caliendo cast. Uh, we don't Frank care. Comic- it doesn't matter whatsoever. John Holmberg and I are here. Uh, yeah. We're missing Corbin and Ken, but that doesn't matter. Uh, we are getting right to the Sklar brothers. Yes. Uh, Randy and Jason. The new Corbin and Ken. Hello. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> told them yet, nope, John. Not yet. The new Corbin and Ken. Same as the old Corbin, Corbin and Ken. Ken. <laughs> 
<laughs> is that there's you guys have like magic tricks? Yeah, no. Are you? Is it magic? Uh, this okay. So this is I have to ask magic. before we get into some of the sports stuff. Like, maybe we don't even have to. We don't have to. We, we can get it all. We haven't established this podcast enough for to no. people to know what there's it is. There's no theme here. Um, but is it magic? Is it a magic trick or sorcery? Because mm. when people want me to do impressions, I'm like, it's more of a magic trick yeah. than sorcery. I have a bag of tricks that I know how to get to. And uh, Except I think you improvise really well as those. You guys both do. as the So to me, the key to being a great, to doing a great impression of someone is to be able to fully, it's like an acting exercise, fully inhabit that character and then improvise as that person. So you're not improvising as John Holmberg. You're improvising as Chris Berman. So it's a different... You have to like plug into a different thing. We can sclar brother the Bermans. Me. Well, you know, we've always thought to ourselves... We're very similar to the Sklar brothers in the fact that we uh, finished each other's sentences. Books. And then, oh, I was, I was, I was, we have that too. Okay, I understand exactly what you were going to... We have different things we finished. And sometimes there are, you know, situations where... Yep, yep. <laughs> and, you know, I'm sorry I interrupted. I didn't mean to do that. That happens all the time. And I, look, look, we'll but the, the key is right. never talk over. Ever. They, well, they, well, right. Disrupt, of yeah, course. I what and I wouldn't dream of doing that. And say what you will. And I will. And you did. Okay. <laughs> and, you know, you know, it, it, it's because it's... Well, we all do it for the right reason. Wait, wait, we're here together. Nobody circles the comedic wagons like, like the Buffalo Bills. Or the Squad. <laughs> well, I said, well, we, you know, there's different avenues, different ways. Like I said, we're in some bring it back. See? Yeah. Right. You, know, you know what we did? We, we brought on... This will never end, by the way. We brought on... Pull them out of the vortex. Yeah, this is, we're deep. Vortex. We're deep. We're pulling them out. Say what you will. You know what we need? Uh, we need a... Stephen A. Smith? We need... Well, up. I mean, come on, Skip. What are we talking about? I was on a go-to meeting with Kobe Bryant, and I sat down. I said, come on. Oh, man, what are we talking about? Ball, ball, and Lonzo Ball. Come on. I have to say <laughs> that we need to bring this down a second, my brothers. <laughs> I understand when you lose the breath. That is not of the uncertainty or unfathomability. <laughs> that is that of Chris Berman. Both of these characters <laughs> lose their breath and continue to play, not unlike the great trumpet players of history. But he kept talking, he kept breathing, and he kept talking. He and kept I talked to Kobe Bryant last night. I was in a hot air balloon with Antonio Brown, and we were talking about the Raiders and I. <laughs> Come on, Skip. You're not on with Skip Come anymore. on, Shannon. You're not on with Shannon. Come on, Skip. <laughs> you have to know who your partner is, and I do. Max Hedrum. <laughs> it's not. That's the way, Coca-Cola. <laughs> that's the only way. They, that's why ESPN. The thing about ESPN paid Stephen A. Smith $5 million. Was it five? Something like that. $5 billion a yeah. year. And now they have him host everything. Like, yep. here we are at the NBA Finals. And we have two and a half hours to fill. And that's what I am going to be screaming the entire time. Uh, Stephen, the mic uh, does amplify your voice. Just, but, but, and exactly. But not to the entire United States. And out. Outside of that, we're going outside the contiguous. We're going overseas. We're understanding ourselves. We are going to every simplified directionification that is possible. I just spit more than Lou Holtz. <laughs> Looking at her. Uh, uh, trying to find a word and couldn't get a to A juicy it. steak. That's what I was thinking. A juicy I- steak. The truth was 
I didn't want to offend the vegetarian audience. <laughs> skip, 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 skip. Could I interrupt for just a second, Skip? Shannon, yeah. Shannon. Skip, yeah. yeah. We, we, we are for sure. Mm-hmm. Skip, mm-hmm. that's all. Well, oh, thank you, Shannon. Uh, I, I don't really do a skip. It, well, I only do Stephen Collins. <laughs> From Seventh Heaven. <laughs> is that Stephen Collins? Uh, that's my Stephen. That's my Stephen. Hold on. I, have I don't got idea. another Stephen. I have a riffing idea, mm-hmm. a way to go, mm-hmm. something that will bridge us. Mm-hmm. And now, mm-hmm. Mel Kuyper Jr. <laughs> right. and Shannon's. Shannon, Shannon Sharp. I wanted to call him Shannon Smith, but Shannon I'm Doherty. Stephen A. Shannon Clark. Shannon Doherty. Shannon Smith. The Shannon was Doherty. A problem. I was on the phone with Ian Zeering and then went on an APB thing out there with the other Brandon, whatever his name is. Brandon Walsh. I went to Brandon Walsh. I went to Ian Zeering. I spoke with in a seance. With a Ouija board. I talked to Luke, Luke Perry. Dylan McCaffrey was his name. Nope. I like how the uh, the Sklar brothers sell the impression to just with energy. to hypertension levels, yeah. like red faces, <laughs> blood pressure medication not doing its job. It hurts. It's oh, impressive. We're not doing it because we aren't as talented as you guys. Please, Screaming. we're just Screaming. doing it because we need it. And now <laughs> we diverge not back. Yet. We understand. We know what's happening. <laughs> yeah, from oh the God. from the the bunker that is Dick Toledo's. Mm-hmm. Hide away. You're you're probably hitting the cough button underneath no, the not. table. No, it's at some this. Point. It's coming undone. It's coming undone. Just like Stephen. Hayes. That's Just right. like me. Right. On <laughs> our way. Even though there was a cough. Coming undone. Yeah, I, we didn't know just there was like a cough ch- button. Just like either. Charles Barkley. That's terrible, Ernie. Just see those guys. That's terrible, Ernie. Everything. This, this one's going to get annoying. Ernie Lawson. Promise. Lawson. Tell Ernie. Ernie, tell okay. Kenny to tell Shaq to tell Ernie to Lawson. Wait a second. How do we diverge from the <laughs> hey. from Stephen A. Smith Stephen, bringing up Stephen, what was going Kenna, to happen? Tell Kenny to tell Kuyper Ernie. Jr. Hey, to tell hey, me. Hold on. Hey, I was in Kazale. Shaq, I was a genie dog. Erna, tell Kenna to tell Shaq to tell Erna to lost. I put an ice at house sleeve. Lawson. Lawson, Erna. How my ass tastes. Lawson, Erna. <laughs> That's an actual quote. Oh, of course. <laughs> quote. Quote. Wait, Not on this program. Though. I understand. <laughs> Hold on. And now, <laughs> Shannon Sharp. Gip, gip, please. Gip. And Mel Kuyper Jr. Confu- confused at who's in the room. Gip. Todd. Gip. Todd. Gip. Todd. Gip. Todd. 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 Gip. Todd. Todd. Skip. Tip. Todd. Tip. Skip. Tip. Todd. Skip. Please. I thought it would have been better. I apologize. So we are with the Sklar Brothers. Yes. John Holmberg, Frank Caliendo. I don't have a drink. It's okay. Can some of my water if you want? No, that's weird. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No. Uh, guys, the world's worst word. The first rule of him, uh, <laughs> improv is improv yes, and. Yes, yes, yes and. I just note it. You just yes. know, know the hell out of it. Grinded it to a halt. <laughs> Great. Hey, can I have some water? No, that's no. a mirage. No. no. Stop. No. So how did you guys get, because you guys are, you have the same type of thing that I do, mm-hmm. is where you're known a lot for sports. Mm-hmm. Sure. How did, how did that come about? Uh, well, you know, we were doing stand-up for, I mean, in New York for about, Eight years, nine years. We did a show on MTV for a while, and we. But you weren't. You weren't from New York, right? No, no we we're from St. Louis, Missouri. Huge sports fan, and grew up as Cardinals fans, Blues wearing fans. a St. Louis Steamers soccer shirt. Thank God, God it was St. Louis and, and not Cleveland. Cleveland. <laughs> so we went. Then we went up to Michigan. We went to University of Michigan for college. So that just cemented our love of sports forever. 
Uh, and then we moved to New York to do stand-up and we did a show on MTV for a while, which was – I admittedly, we got that too early. And then a few years later, we were lucky enough to get cheap seats. Our buddy Gary Belsky was working at ESPN the magazine. He pitched classic a bunch of shows and said, Why, here's one. Watch us watch the game. We don't know if – old, weird sporting events. We don't know if we want it to be dinner and movie. We don't know if we want it to be more like Mystery Science Theater. And he – we got in touch with him, and he was like, I think you guys would be perfect for this. Pitched us, and we said, this definitely needs to be running commentary full of jokes. And that's okay. I want to back up for a second. Why did you think you got the MTV show too early? Well, because well, we were 25 years old and didn't know, didn't fully understand. So what we were doing in New York is we were doing stand-up, and we sort of got into the alternative comedy scene. It was sort of like a Malcolm Gladwellian thing in that we were in the right place at the right time. Because there was, as you know, the comedy boom in the late. late 80s into the early 90s where there were three stand-up rooms in Des Moines, Iowa. So you'd have the headliner who should be there and then two other rooms that needed a headliner for the weekend. So feature acts were coming up there and they were just terrible. You had 30 minutes of material trying to stretch it to an hour and people would go to show up at these other comedy rooms and be like, comedy sucks. And if you were a fat guy, you'd go on stage and you would just do a bunch of fat jokes. And if you were, you knew exactly someone's act by the second they stepped on stage. So for us, this bothered us because we were, were twins and we're like, that's not, we don't want that to be the whole thing of what we do. And lucky for us, that there was kind of a backlash to it, alternative comedy in L.A. and New York that was happening at the time. So that was saying, don't do that. Right. Don't give people what they expect. You should try and use the fact that you are twins in a way to make it even slightly more just different and set yourself apart, but don't make that the central focus of the whole thing. So we were lucky enough that that was happening in the mid-'90s right when we moved to New York. So we jumped in that scene, and within that scene there were – again, you're in a place where MTV is and Comedy Central is and all these other places are. They watched us do what we did, and we were – we had written this weird stage show that we were doing downtown at a a performance art space that – By the way, before you go on – and I'm – Bad at interrupting, but I'd never heard one of you talk that long without the other. Oh, yeah. no, no, no. He's on it. Yeah, I was like, wait, oh, wait, so, you're, so you're judging each other? Way to, not, way to not bail me out on that, Jay. Uh, yeah, Jay's the, uh, you're the Wikipedia edit, correct? Yeah. Yeah, okay, that's he it. He's, right. yeah, he's feeling like it's okay. So, so I'll so, allow it. So I'll we allow did. it. Shut up. So we did the whole, so we did this show, which was a sitcom on stage. We wrote a new episode, like fully new episode with like commercials and stuff that we shot, and we did it on stage four weeks in a row. We did four new episodes, and MTV folks went down there and saw that they wanted to do an idea they had an idea for a show which was like two guys in an apartment and it would involve stand up stand up short films and sketch groups like that was all they had Hmm. and we said okay what if we just it it could be a kind of like a talk show in a different setting or we weren't sure what it was we did the pilot why we were too young to get it we did a pilot that wasn't a sitcom it kind of had a little bit of running stories jb smooth was in the pilot upright citizens brigade was in the pilot uh i don't know him <laughs> oh, he's Amy Poehler. Was, did he come up? Did he come up with JB? <laughs> he did. He did. Uh, and the, oh, Amy Poehler was part of it. Amy Poehler, part of UCB, oh, wow. and Matt Walsh, and uh, and Matt Besser, and oh. uh, Ian Roberts. So that was the original Upright Citizens Brigade. Unbelievable sketch group from Chicago. They had just moved to New York and they blew it up. And so uh, they were on that show. It was a really funny show. It it almost was like Galifianakis was a character on the show. I mean, it was amazing. Zach wow. Galifianakis. So yeah. it was it was an amazing show that we did. And then. They sort of gave us some no- – they were, wanted to pick up the show for a season, and, and we then- felt like it needed to be a variety show with some running storylines through it. But they were like, it should be more like a sitcom. And so 
all of a sudden we were thrown into this thing where it was like a real sitcom with sitcom stories, and then we wove in these sketches and these stand-ups. It was really ahead of its time, but it was a little too mainstream for MTV. Like we, That's why we were too young. We didn't understand that, like, okay, this is the network it's on. We kind of got to mess it up even more and just make it a little – don't be so tied to regular sitcom story and whatnot, right. even though it had all these crazy elements. We'd be – you know, David here, – here's who the stand-ups were who did that show in that season. Patton Oswalt, uh, Bill Burr, Bill Burr Jim Norton, Patrice, Patrice O'Neill. These are all the people who just did stand up in the middle of the show. Yeah. Like, and so I think I'm remembering it now. So it was a really fun show, and and we had a short film. David Wayne directed a short film with Amanda Peet in it. I mean, it was insane. The type of stuff that was Bear did it. I mean, so many people were on the show. It was one of the things that we were we we just weren't ready to make a stand in certain moments and make the show more of what we needed. Well, then we got cheap seats five years later and that in 2002. Two. And that's when we were like, okay, we now know what we, what this needs to be. We came in and we're like, this has to be running commentary throughout. This has to be, uh, yes, it should be a show about sports, but it should be a comedy first. We want people to watch the show and be like, my favorite shows are Arrested Development, Conan, Daily Show, and this. Not, I like this show and I like SportsCenter. Like right, we did right. not, which is how they piece it to you. That's what that they, they want it that's to be. How they figure. We're like, we want this to be like a comedy that stands the test of time. That people are like, I grew up on that show. I don't even like sports, and I like that show. So they wanted us to shoot it in D.C., where they do the part in the interruption set, and we said, no, no, this has to be shot. They're like, well, let's do it in Bristol. We're like, no, yeah. this has to be shot in New York so that we can tap into right. all the comedy scene of people that we had there. You so think about the New York, the people who got on the show. Nick Kroll did the show. Uh, Paul Rudd did the show. Galifianakis did the show. Uh, Eugene Merman. Uh, loaded. Yeah, insane. David yeah. Cross. I mean, we shot all these sketches with them and these people were a part of it and so for the comedy world it was like this was Kristen Shaw's first thing that she ever did on TV was on there I mean it was a fascinating show that we were able to use that many people and we said look the spine of the show is going to be this sporting event a spelling bee a dog show so the idea was that ESPN back in the day before they had all the sports contracts they still had 24 hours of sports program to to fill so they would do cheerleading competitions and bearded mustache championships (laughs) and spelling bees and like super dogs super jocks that was Olympic athletes and dogs going through obstacle Regular dogs <laughs> or like Olympic super dogs? No, dogs. regular dogs. They were super <laughs> dogs, super jocks, and they would go through the same obstacle course. Olympic it was like dogs. a four-year-old's birthday party but less fun. <laughs> Iditarod dogs Ooh. and regular humans. Regular humans. <laughs> it was that like Willie fun. Galt was calling it. And Willie, Willie Galt and his golden retriever Hixus. And you he know, would yeah. just be dropping every dog. But this is going to be so doggone fun. We're like, Willie, oh, please. Oh, God. <laughs> Well, you know what's world funny? World-class ple- speed, but get out of here. Frank comes up with a good idea there because it was Olympic athletes doing what people do instead of like maybe getting an Olympic athlete to run with dogs in the Iditarod. Or do their sport. Or to get like Jackie Joyner Kersey to sniff another person's right. butt. Or find drugs. Like do to find drugs at the airport. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that was Marion Jones. <laughs> Marion Jones. Yeah, we've had been, a few of those. She would have been the one to yeah. <laughs> sniff yeah. the drugs because she has sniffed her fair share yeah. of drugs. Marion Jones finds another bag. Dog still zero. <laughs> First one of five. <laughs> Hicks is really down. Uh, so it was. So that was the idea of the show is that they have all this crazy programming, putt-putt championships and yeah. whatnot. So can we make fun of it and you know everything was a choice and we popped out of it and you know we tried to be current with like sketches that we would do and ske- you sort know. of a beavis and butthead type so there was this be- there's yeah. this feeling whenever we meet people and people still love the show if we even tweet about it for like one second or put it on our instagram like an old school clip there's just like hundreds yeah. of like bring this thing back bring it back 
for people who love it because they felt like they were just hanging out with us. We're sitting on a couch. This is really what the MTV show should have been is like two guys on a couch and then all this other stuff happening. Like you said, Beavis and Butthead on a yeah. couch. And so like there is this feeling that they hung out with us while we watched this old like What's really stuff. funny is John and I have pitched sketch shows to each other where we do almost that same thing. <laughs> yeah. Two guys hanging out or a group of people mm-hmm. hanging out. You pitch the sketches and then they become the sketches. Love it. That's a great idea. Yeah. And even you get halfway through a sketch and you go, it would end like this. Stop it. Go back and go, no, it would end like this. I love it. You can this. do two or three different endings. It's a great idea. No, they all hate it. Like, you yeah. Why? It's so I, funny. I, it's, I love that. Yeah, we had that one where we were, literally we were going to do all the characters and just like have moments where they're just sitting. Remember when Sonic the Hedgehog in the game, you wouldn't play and he'd yeah. tap his foot? Yeah. So in our bubble thoughts, our characters are sitting there in the makeup like, Let's go. They're stuck. Yeah. Right. So the fun of it is like writing the sketch and the sketch is happening at the I same love time. it. Yeah. So it's, it's almost a great like, idea. It's almost you, like live animation. And you could actually you would shoot the sketch or you'd actually talk it out. You could shoot the sketch and then you could have other ideas go back, talk it out more, and yeah. then shoot more of the sketch. Yeah. Well the beauty of this is like you do it and it exists that way in the T V show. Right. And for people online, the online component is if you want to see the alternate ending right. to this, here is the alternate ending to that yeah. sketch. All right, why are we not pitching? I the don't show? know. Yeah, let's go do he it. Said, he idea. said everyone told him it sucked. Yeah, that oh. was the, the first time. Because <laughs> I had actually idea. gone in with it with something kind of like it, very similar. And John then, not knowing that I ever talked about it, we think very similarly. Yeah. He's just better at being evil. <laughs> and yeah. he, he, comes, he comes to me and goes, I have this idea for the show. I go, well, that's great. But I pitched it like two years ago. And I'm like, we never talked about it? He's like, no. I'm like, all right, we're just thinking along the same exact lines again. And well, it, but it, we both thought, we're like, this is the show. Because yeah, it was fun so fun show. doing the ESPN stuff place. with him yeah. where you get to play makeup and do the stuff. And I know you got tired of it. But when you get other people in there and we had all those guys in there, and you start thinking that we could, we could get this group of people to stand in a room and then sit and write something for what they're dressed as. Yeah. Right. And it, and it literally is. Right. That's the, yeah. that's the fun of it. Yeah. That's it, like bringing the. And it, yeah, you said it was terrible. So well, no, I, I just went back to the no, radio. And yeah. went, mm, well, but no, but I mean, I think there is something to be said. And this is part of the reason why podcasts. I'm glad you guys are doing podcasts. There's something to be said about doing the thing that feels the most organically good to you. And that's why Cheap Seats was we were saying, if you like Cheap Seats, then you're essentially saying you like us and right. what we do, because that is the closest thing. We've all been done work and done projects and been on shows that don't feel close to who we are. Like you have Dana, to- yeah, I mean the idea that on cheap, we're like anything can happen on cheap seats. Anything, like if we, anything could happen on there. If we saw something that we saw, like a gigantically fat <laughs> Mexican diver in cliff diving with Keith Jackson from Wide World of Sports, suddenly we're like, oh we- Nelly, <laughs> it's so hot, the sweat on my undercarriage could irrigate a small radish farm. So the idea that we would then off of that see like Raul Garcia, this yeah. guy is unbelievable. Like there's only one way to break it down, and that's Dueling Carson. So boom, you're into like this curtain comes up and Gina, that is, uh, that is bizarre. Raul, Raul Garcia is so fat. How fat is he? He is so fat. He isn't a Mexican. He's a Mexican. That is, uh, that is wild. The only di- he the only thing he dove head first into was a bowl of guacamole. All right. So it's old Carson bit, and we're in, we're in bad Carson. So that makes us laugh. It's so dumb, and we're not even doing right. a good Carson, but it's us in yeah. dumb wigs. Doesn't matter. That is bizarre. That is yeah. so hey, I, it's, we're at no ed. It's just two Carsons just backing two Cars, each other. Two Carsons. Look at this shot. <laughs> I mean, we're basically doing like Dana Carvey's Carson. And then it's really all about our golf shots, and it's yeah. just the looking around, looking up. How, how fat is it? And then it became the, the funny thing that we were doing on set became like, 
how Raul Garcia, Raul Garcia is so fat. And my response, instead of just saying how fat is he, it just became Carson's mumbling of it. <laughs> <laughs> so now I'm not even saying words. That's and, where impressions to me get, get to be fun. the best yeah. is because you're not even doing the impression yeah. anymore. You're just sound effects for characters. The, the interpretation yeah. of and, and someone and, like and the, picking the moments to exaggerate. What is the thing I'm going to now pull and expand into the fun? And where did that come out of? Just a guy, all the divers on the cliffs look like God like Greek gods as they're diving out because they're just they're in they're in tremendous shape. And then to see Raul Garcia step up there, he's a normal <laughs> looks like he's fifty. He shouldn't be wearing a speedo. He's you know? also he stumbled so brave. out on the cliff. He yeah, but yeah. so brave to still do it. I mean it's amazing. Like I barely can play pickup basketball. This guy's jumping off a sixty foot cliff. <laughs> I know. So the, the the beauty of that was like here we are popping out. So it felt very much that show and it brought us into the sports world. So then what we really didn't understand and I know you can appreciate this as well, is that, you know, that the athletes, so we then did a special where we tried to get Jose Okendo into the Hall of Fame uh, as a utility player. We did this whole special. We went to, like, his hometown in Puerto Rico and <laughs> met his mom. And, you know, we went to recreated his first at-bat, which was a fielder's choice in Shea Stadium. Stadium back in the day. <laughs> and we went up to Cooperstown, and we tried to get him in. And what we wound up doing was brought a homemade plaque that we had made <laughs> that, that we put on the utility, utility closet. <laughs> so <laughs> we hung it there, and that was it. And it was really fun. And it was a great special. But then we went to the All-Star game that year and were on the field during the uh, Home Run Derby. And all these players were like, oh, my. Todd Helton's like, get out of here. Sean Casey, cheap seats. Cheap seats, man. And we were like, oh, yeah, these guys, when they're on the road, number one, they're 29, 30 years old. They're young guys. And when they're on the road and they're in the hotel rooms, what are they watching late at night? They're watching the show. So for them, they just, they told, you got who was the comedy fans and all these athletes loved it. And, you know, so from there, we started to really get connected in the sports world because of Jump on something with that. That happened with me maybe about six or seven years ago when I first went to ESPN, yeah, because cable itself and even ESPN, it's not the same reach that it was right. you know, for eight, nine years ago. I can't even imagine how much more power ESPN had at that time. 2004 oh. to 2010, that's yeah, not yeah. When they and ran people would show. just, like you said, watch the same stuff over, over and, and over, over and over because and there was wasn't all the, the time. Yeah, there wasn't the internet stuff to go. To. It was like a Comedy Central present special. Yeah, yes. it was just showing all the time, and people would then become they believed they were your friends, sure. right? And that, so that, that power, when I first got there to ESPN, I was like, I've never seen anything like this. I trended worldwide on the mm-hmm. first time there and stuff like that. Some of that stuff subsided because it became the not as interesting anymore because I'd already – uh, people knew I was there, and it's the first. Time. I mean, I love seeing you on on the Sports Center because the truth of the matter was, back in the '90s, they allowed the ESPN yeah. talent to be themselves. So you had a Craig Kilborn, you had Kelby. A, yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gotta love me. Top Delicious. shelf cookie jar. <laughs> Release rotation splash. Oh. The big man in the middle. <laughs> Uh, not your Vetus, not my Vetus, our, our Vetus. Our Vetus. <laughs> so funny, we remember that. Rich Eisen, a good yeah. buddy of ours. I mean, he those guys put a little English on everything, yeah. and that's what made that fun. I would say that I think I saw you on the TNT set with those guys. Okay, with Charles and the- with those guys. And I, I'm going to just say this: no offense to Charles and those guys. I was mad that they weren't laughing more at themselves. They didn't <laughs> give it up for you enough when you were on that set. Oh, but they I, that, they that's did, their but thing. that's their thing. But I was like, man, he is nailing them so much, and they're trying to their way out of it. That's was sports guys, and I, I know, guys but I was like, weak. I saw that, and I was like, weak. He's killing it because right now the only way in my mind, this is what I saw them. You were sending them up beautifully. You were killing it, 
and they were feeling that heat. And so the only way they could defeat you was to try and shut it down and make it seem like it wasn't funny. And I'm like, it's so funny. But I don't think – I think that's all changed. Everybody is willing to laugh at themselves way more. I think so. When sports – when comedians first got into sports with Jimmy Kimmel mm-hmm. – yeah. They didn't. There was no laughter. There was nothing. Yes. Now the broadcasters, the hosts, are getting yelled at for laughing too much. Sometimes, like people would say, "That's not." There's no way Mike and Mike are laughing that much at you. <laughs> and when you're in the moment, it's really and you're surprising real. people. Of course, it's real. You can't get Mike Greenberg to laugh. Well, Greenberg, yeah, but Golick seems like a guy who would not laugh. He just seems like a guy. You have who... to understand it first. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. 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 Greeny, right. explain it to him. Um, we were only going to do a couple of minutes. This has been so amazing. Perfect. To, like Toledo's telling me we're at 25 minutes. I don't care. Beautiful. I don't um, care. He doesn't but, care. But, hold on. You want to hear what he said? But golden stuff. Oh, oh wow. Thank you. Tom Likas with, I don't care. <laughs> you got to talk about a wolf. Another, another... You got to talk about a wolf. Are you doing James Adomian? James Adomian's version of, I don't care. Tom She's Likas. a wolf. He's another fantastic. <laughs> oh my God! Sunglasses on, doesn't oh. even look at you. I'm drinking a Syrah. No, I mean a Domian. A do- oh my God! A Domian's ver- a Domian <laughs> like, is a Domian is like other a Domian's the bit that we do with the Domian, which is so much fun. He comes on as Jesse Jesse Ventura, Ventura on the thing, even when he's on the phone. So he does the thing, and when he was in studio, where he can't, t- we do the thing where he says to calls calls Jason. me Randy and c- say, I'll tell "Well, you. I'll tell you, Randy." Actually, it's Jason. Well, I'll tell you, Jason. That's, That's me. Randy. Right. That's so then me. he'll call in on the phone, and he on the phone will say, "Like, this, <laughs> well, you know, Jason." And we're like, "Gotta that, stop that, you." That, that, that was Randy. Randy. <laughs> was that, like, there's no way. He could <laughs> so we keep derailing him. Can't not letting him get to his point to correct him. I was on a semi amphibious, <laughs> and we're like, "Come on, man." He's Randy. No, that was Jason. It just making him stop and a. Correcting who he's talking to it's is our favorite. Most thing fun. <laughs> so this is another question that, by just watching you and what I've seen most of the time, are you guys always together? Do people bring you in and cast you together, or That's a good question. are there individual moments? Because the most jealous—I don't want to say jealous—envious that I've been in a long time is whenever I watch somebody pop up on Better Call Saul. Oh and God. when you guys popped up on Better Call Saul, I was like. These guys are living the life I want to be a part of. It was that, was that was really great, and that was super fun. I think we had an advantage there in that it was just for two people. It wasn't for brothers, and it certainly wasn't a role for twins. It was just for two people, and what happened was we knew they had to cast it quickly because it was a guest star thing, but for two episodes. So we get the call to come in and, and read for it, and we actually get the call to read for the same brother the same person of the thing and we were like hold on a second let us both be the two brothers because you were having amazing actors come in and the casting woman people who were like you should get this like we, we thought oh this guy looks like he works at a guitar center <laughs> and so like the one person would come in and the casting woman would have to read bob odenkirk's lines the other bro the other person here and and then so it was like you had a guy sitting there doing his line and then looking over looking over here looking over here and then doing his other line and so we came in and we're like you want to know what the two shots gonna be here it is right here so all the casting woman is doing is reading bob odenkirk's lines and then we go to town and so we can do the line the lines were great you didn't want to obviously change or improvise anything but we could bring little moments to life little tiny looks little tiny fill-ins that you which for people don't know in an audition that second person the person you're reading with usually is reading very dead yes and it's it's they even they oh my god that. you killed my brother he's bleeding all over the ground 
your line. And it's not always because they're bad. It's because they want you to create something on your own and totally. not have it created off of them. And the audition process, not to get super inside the actor's studio, but it is, it's the opposite of what happens on the set. Because the audition is like... It's it's almost like the LSAT versus or or the whatever LSAT versus how you do in law, law school, school versus LSAT how you versus do the non LSAT yeah, right <laughs> because you no know, there's that moment where you go into an audition and you're like the pressure's on you only get one crack at it if you flub a line or it doesn't seem like you know it it kind of screws you up meanwhile when you get on set you get 20 chances at right. it they want you to look good so if you make a mistake in a take online uh, on set you can be like hey can we just start over I, I'm gonna get this right this time or sorry I wasn't in the moment for that one let's start or over. other times where you get it perfectly and the camera camera guy's like, whoop, I'm sorry. We got to do that again. That's for me. So Forgot like, to turn it on. Right? <laughs> or like, well, when we were, we were, t- we were telling John, we, we were doing the show, uh, they, for, as we were rehearsing the scene, they're like, all right, just run this one and just talk it out. And they kind of cleared the set a little bit. And we did the scene and it was very natural. It was just us and Odenkirk just talking the scene out. And what we didn't realize is way up in the corner, we couldn't even see it. They had a camera, almost like a security camera footage, you know, the way they like to do in those shows is have those cool camera shots. And they pulled stuff from that shot in Which the we scene. thought we were just yeah. rehearsing. So we were so relaxed, oh, so that's natural. Brilliant. Yeah. Great. And, right. and so like I give credit to the director and, and you know, what was great about that show and we just did Glow, we're in the new season of Glow, and what was great about doing that show is that you're walking into a set of a show where people know they've got a hit. They know that their show is so like the food's a little bit better. Everybody's relaxed. They're like, we need to do a full day on this scene. We don't need to rush to the next scene. We want to get this scene right. And like, whoa, that attitude. I've never been on one of those shows. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, we hate, we don't normally get I to. I mean, it, we do, it's, it's been a few times. We did a few episodes of Entourage. That was the feeling on that set. We did, uh, I did an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. I did it solo without Randy. That was the attitude on yeah, that one. You knew yeah. about it? He oh, knew. I knew about he it. knew. Just kidding. Uh, and it Still was, bitter. I'm, Still bitter. No. Do you get that He's, job? Do you even tell him or just go, hey, you should watch Curb tonight? <laughs> <laughs> Where was he doing today? Where was he four months ago? Yeah. <laughs> Trader Joe's for nine hours. Uh, no, but there is that feeling where you step on these sets and they know they've got something good. They know they can take their time and they, and they make it better. That's a huge difference. Yeah. And I've, I've been on a couple of things where it's like that and yeah. it makes all you can feel the fun in the show yep. as opposed to the terror of people go walking around the set going, we're not going to be around. for. We're now. not around. Yeah, well, we've been I mean, on those. Take it back to sports. You can tell when you walk into a locker room whether mm, that team's having exactly. a good run or not. That's We were just and talking about that with you yeah, the other day. The but, second you walk in, you're like, something's wrong. I was like, how were the – how? What are the Raiders? How are they going to be this year? And you and I talked about that. That room a couple was times. Positive. So you've just been in the room with just them. been in the room. They the, a massive energy and not like phony rah rah no. energy. Just like hey, look, we're, they it believe was a, it was we're a ready. Buzz. They have a belief. They and believe. I, I actually texted with a player afterward. He uh, hit me up on uh, the DMs on Twitter. <laughs> slid into your DMs. Slid into my DMs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see what he did. Right. And. Uh, he was like, yeah, it's just energy, great energy. I'm like, I noticed it. Now, I talked to the Raiders last year when they had lost maybe one, two, or three games at that point Different. and were playing the Cardinals. I went, I went to that room, and it was de- deflated. Yeah, and I, yeah. I picked it up, and Derek Carr came out to me afterwards like, man, you really – I think you did something here and got us going a little bit. They won the game, and now the joke is Gruden texts me every game. Can you come? Can you come, come be me. Here? Come do <laughs> right, me more than me. Than so – Back to so I didn't let you answer the because it got so interesting. The 
original question was, do you go in all oh, together. the time? Or? So, yeah, so a lot of times, well, the example I used was for the Better Call Saul is that we, it was not – we were going to go against each other. And the thing with Glow was we kind of went in as these brothers who were promoters on, on this thing. And so there are times when it's one character and we come in and say, what if it was two? What if these uh, were two characters? It's always that, sunny. It's and, always sunny in Philadelphia. That's what supposed to be. And that immediately year. sets you apart that you'd have the balls well, it's to almo- do that too. It's, yeah. it's almost unfair, and yet at the same time, it's something because if casting and the show likes it, well, then there's no other comp. No one else is doing that. So they're either now. So now they're choosing between you and the field instead of you and these other people. Right. It's Louis De Palma walking into taxi in character. <laughs> That's right. Taking the chance. They they love it. can backfire on you Every, hugely. It, 50% of the time. And exactly. most of the time you're asking them to pay more money because it's two people. That, so you're asking. But you're a, a, a known quantity. Too. Sure. There's, sure. You're getting oh, yes. some of that. Yeah. But I think that's. When I first went to L.A. and started doing the auditions, I would do 50 impressions or 20 impressions in two minutes or something mm-hmm. like that. We called it the the five minutes of fury. Yeah. I guess it was five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> so, we only did two. Right. Two it was, minutes. It was, yeah, two long, drawn-out impressions. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, I just did lines from movies, uh-huh. no improvisation. Yeah. But people would want to just hear me more. I remember going into a commercial, and I, was, I, didn't, I didn't even – wasn't right at all for the commercial. The, I'm like, I'm just not even going to read for this. They called – the agents and say we want to see them again, and I go. They don't want to. They, they want me to entertain them. Yeah, that's right. They don't want me to see them again because I I was a jerk, not trying to be a jerk. I was just embarrassed that I couldn't do the commercial. Yeah, right. but it was, was power bad. though that they wanted to call you. You're back. interesting. And yeah, there's something they different. want. They want to bring you back, and so that is a little. Di- but there are times when we go out individually for things. And Jay booked a pilot a couple of years ago that could have gone, and he would have been the guy. He was. A yeah. So guy. I booked this pilot. I booked a true TV pilot that was really funny, great writer, and the show was so much fun and I, I was the lead along with this other woman who was fantastic, Andrea Rosen and we had a really good time doing that pilot and Randy at the same time we got asked to come back and host Jim Harbaugh's first signing of the stars, that big event he had with Lou Holtz and oh, uh, oh, no. Todd McShay and I love Todd McShay. He's a good guy. He's a good guy. He turns in for me. He's turning into the dice. Victor Doc. Lou Dice Holtz. Lou Dice Holtz. So we did a whole bit on our stand-up special for Comedy Central about Dice because Dice in this one moment, like, he at this time on stage he like brought us up at the comedy store because you know it's tag team and whoever's the one before you brings you up and he was so disrespectful and then came back on stage during our set and was even more disrespectful so we wrote like a whole bit about it about how he's not writing anymore and (laughs) we said what if all the new his new nursery rhymes were just uh, nursery rhymes but instead of doing punchlines he would just reveal sad truths about (laughs) his life Jack and Jill went up the hill to fetch a bale of water and it's been three years since I've had a meaningful conversation with my daughter. Oh! I took a job on a cruise ship. I needed the money. Oh! Here's the funny thing that I thought he was doing this for a second. I didn't listen correctly. And like he's making fun of himself that I realized, no, you guys are we doing it. Were, well, it's such a silly little thing. And it's, it's because we have this weird... Not weird. No one likes bullying, but it did feel. Oh like no, there are plenty of people. Like <laughs> people like bullying. Bullies. Bullies. I, I'll, yeah, it Bullies. felt like he yeah. was bullying. It felt like he was trying to bully us, and we were like, "You picked the wrong you people. The wrong to, people yeah. to do this to." And you know what? Strength in numbers. Oh, yeah. a fine guy. He's probably a fine dude, and he's having a renaissance. Good for him. I'm happy for him. If we met him, I'm sure he was amazing in The Star Is Born. Amazing, and I, he was yeah. great in the Woody Allen movie. So he's fantastic. I'm just saying. 
that moment he thought he was just disrespecting people. Hickory dickory duck. I used to ting every chick on the block, but now I'm alone. I No one calls me on the phone, and I wear weightlifting gloves around the clock. Oh! So you thought you could crush these people one night, and there'd be zero consequences. There are and we're consequences like, nope, that's going to gonna appear in a Comedy Central half hour that will run in perpetuity, and you're welcome. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, so, so to finally put a bow on the answer of what you're saying sometimes we do go in individually sometimes we'll get that stuff so jay did the pilot and i was and i had to go to ann arbor at hill auditorium in front of four thousand people and then thousands of people because they broadcast it on jeter's players tribune and i had to like host this whole thing and do stand up where we normally do it together and i was on stage doing jokes that we've never done before and i was super nervous just bring a full-length mirror yeah, uh, just yeah. cry just next to yeah. it. Just like a Tupac wear the hologram. Socks. Wear the socks. And, <laughs> and Jay was in, first of all, so Jay can see it because it's Yeah, online. he was broadcasting on a player's room, so I'm in the makeup chair getting ready to do the show because it's three hours later and it's a late morning kind of Meanwhile, thing. I'm backstage with like Tom Brady, Desmond Howard, oh, Harbaugh, Migos. Migos, like just insane. Migos went to Michigan? No, oh, they just uh, were there. Ric Flair, I mean, <laughs> Jim Leland, Derek Holland. There was yeah. all these people who were there and I'm meeting all these people and I'm kind of freaking out because I got to go on stage and do this and I said you know I was like listen I came on stage and I, I said if this joke doesn't work then that the night is there the day is I said you know I'm so happy to be here I, I wasn't originally supposed to be here hosting this event I was supposed to host uh, this exact same event at UCLA Harbaugh found out about it he slept over at my house huge laugh took off his shirt bigger laugh climbed up a tree and started throwing baseballs at my neighbors and he flipped me I'm here guys he is that powerful. I'm here. So I mean, those moment and and we and that laugh to me, and it's something I think we. It was a great lesson to us that we are together, very powerful. I think, but apart, we can do things as well. Right. That's and, what we. That that's what we want to prove to ourselves over and over again because we've been a part of this team our entire career. But we want to say like you know. Not, not that I, I'm not comparing us to the Beatles, and this sounds crazy. No, do it, do it. Yeah, but we are better right. than the Beatles. No, uh, <laughs> but I, but part of the reason why you love bands that come together and people who are, is when you see them individually and they could carry it on their own. You're like, oh, when they're together, that's a beautiful like Voltron. It's greater than the sum of the parts, but on their own, they could do it on their own too. And that's something we've always tried to tried to do. Does anybody ever say this? Uh, I'm asking. I should ask. Do people ask you this all the time? Hey, where's your brother? Yeah, all the yeah. time. <laughs> That's the thing that you get. Like, like with his family? I don't know. Yeah. Hanging out with those. They think people. you travel together all the time. I, I think was, we live together. So I was up in. I was up in. Top. <laughs> I think we, I've told yeah. people we have families. They're like, do you live together? We're like, we're no. not the Keebler elves. <laughs> like, what are you talking? By the way, can we at least talk about the Keebler elf tree for a second? Worst live work situation <laughs> in history. Like so many OSHA violations. Like if an elf came up, I was like, I got to go put some fudge stripes on some townhouse. Well, what are you doing? He's going to the bathroom. Don't yeah. let him he go back in that tree. I know the tree is small, but. All right. Well, we were supposed to go five minutes. I don't uh, care. We, I don't care. No, it wasn't me. It's no, a, we did. us. It's, it's a my joke. fault. And All then you'll do our podcast. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Hey, we're going to wrap it up uh, right here, you guys, uh, the Sklar brothers. Thank Thanks you so much. Uh, <laughs> that's funny. Why does that Why is that funny? Appreciate that. Timing. Good. Thank you. Uh, your podcasts are called? We have View from the Cheap Seats, on which you will be a guest this week. You guys will be a guest. And then uh, and we have a, sh- a show called Dumb People Town, which is all about dumb stories of people doing dumb things, and the world's getting dumber. We believe that the world is getting dumber, and uh, the only way to fight back is comedy. So you listen know to those two. I don't believe it. Really? <laughs> 
Uh, Dumb call me stupid. <laughs> I will. I will. Hey, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. <laughs> All right. Unbelievable. Thank you guys so much. Uh, John and I have what I believe to be an amazing uh, rapport. Sure. You do. But but chemistry. Then, but then when the two of you, you see are, this, they're like, like, all of a sudden, it's like, yeah. hey, cousin. <laughs> What's up? Uh, <laughs> my marriage. Uh, <laughs> my marriage. <laughs> Maybe a couple divorces. In <laughs> right. <there. laughs> mm, see you later. 23 and me. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see.